0: You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands in the leisure and entertainment industries get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit nicolarally.com for more details and read Nicola's Amazon best selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're having a really good day. I wanted to talk to you today about patience, about time, and about how despite what you might see online, not everybody makes seven figures in seven weeks, and that it doesn't have to be that way for you to be successful. I'm here with somebody who is a success, Nova Corum. Nova helps ambitious leaders trust themselves and make sure that their mind doesn't undermine their own destiny, which we know can happen. So welcome to the podcast, Nova. Hi, thank you for having me. No worries. I want to talk a little bit about how long it's taken you to be successful. So when did you start and what made you get started in business? I got started
1: about 20 years ago. So um, after my degree, I did like some additional training for another three years to do the psychotherapy stuff. And I've always, always wanted to run my own business. It's kind of just I've never wanted to do anything else. I don't fit in well to that kind of employment setting, and I've done it, and I've been employed because there are times when I've had to go and get a job and supplement my income. So I can do it, but I can't do it for very long. So it's just something that I've I've always been passionate about. I've always had ideas for stuff. So I started out, my first kind of proper venture, I would say, was actually um, a magazine for the parents of young children. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so we were. It was a time before like Facebook and stuff had started, and there wasn't really anywhere kind of central when you became a mum for you to find like community groups that you could join or classes you could go to and kind of read about people's experiences. And I was really lonely. I was really, really lonely as a new mum because we'd moved abroad and we'd moved to the south of France and that we were in a really wealthy area, and all the mums had nannies. So I wasn't meeting any actual mums. I was meeting the nannies and things like that, but no actual mums. So I was really, really isolated. And I thought, well, there must be, like, some way of finding out, like, what people do. And I couldn't find anything. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just, I'll start one then.
0: So it's a born entrepreneur, that is. The rest (laughs) of us just look everywhere. I'm I'm not a born entrepreneur. But whenever I speak (laughs) to entrepreneurs, it's like I couldn't find it, so I started it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and so I initially my idea was kind of I'll just write a list of like where all these places are and send it out to people. But it soon grew, of course, because I can never leave anything at like its starting point. So then I was like, oh, we could do like meetups and we could do advertising. We could have a full magazine. And um, so that's kind of what I ended up creating And I wrote this like stellar business plan for it because I kind of thought it has to have like every single thing in there. So I took weeks making this business plan. But that actually was the saving grace because that um, was, I entered that into like an award, um, a competition thing, and it won. Um, And so I got some startup capital from winning that. Um, I also met a woman who was on Dragon's Den. She presented the prize and I got office space as well. So By the time we returned back to the UK, so bear in mind, I was doing all of this from France and kind of making phone calls to people and stuff. So by the time we got back, it was all set up and ready to go. And I had to learn design and all the elements because I had no cash, I was bootstrapping everything. So I created this magazine, put my son on the front cover and it looked really cool. And then I realized my kind of big mistake, if you like, which was that actually, because this is a free magazine, the business model was advertising. Like I had to sell advertising space. That was how it was going to work. And I hated that part of it. (laughs) So I was like, oh, God. And so I did a couple of editions of the magazine, and it, it you know did okay. I sold some advertising slots, but it was a real slog. And I the only part I enjoyed was kind of like the creative writing stuff, pulling it all together, like doing all of the coordination stuff. And at the same time, another magazine launched, doing exactly the same thing, but it was like a franchise, so they were kind of well set up. Um, so in the end, I was kind of like you know this is this is not the, the venture for me, but it kind of just ignited my um you know the my enjoyment of just creating something and i was also recognizing that actually my qualifications always fed into what i was doing like i still wanted to just help people and talk to people and find out their problems and address their issues and so all of the magazine was kind of like okay what problems are you facing let's talk about them
0: yeah
1: it all just like a really long unfolding story so i won't tell you all of it but basically yeah. one
0: yeah, one thing leads to another, but that's kind of what I wanted to get to. Like your first idea will hardly ever become the final thing that you end up making your money from, but we have to start somewhere because we have to learn on the job. My first idea was a wedding planning business. I'm not a wedding planner now. I wouldn't say that wedding planning business was particularly mega successful. You know, it did okay, just like your magazine did okay. But we realized from doing these things, what we need to change and what we might want to do differently and what actually our skill set is. And I think that what happens a lot of the time is people start something and they go, Oh, that didn't work. Well, that wasn't for me. So I can't have a business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's such a shame because yeah. actually we have to go through these iterations of ourselves to become whichever one is going to be this final version of us because we learn from these things. And even in the same business, you know, I've been in the same business now for six years. I think even that business has gone through several iterations of itself with me completely evolving with it. But Mm -hmm. if I'd each time something was not working, had gone, okay, well, I'm not an entrepreneur then, I definitely wouldn't be in business now.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really hard because you do get people around you or certainly I got people around me who were like, oh, well, that didn't work, you know, go and get a job. And it's like, okay, well, I I don't really want to just kind of jack everything in. And and you do plan B, like, I still have another plan A, this is kind of, you know, an evolution, exactly, as you said, and I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah. And I'm okay with the fact that, you know, there's a consequence to that, like, I maybe struggle for a few months, or, um, you know, I might have to think of a new idea. But I kind of like that as well. But You will get people outside of that
0: who are looking at you going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, it's because we're not in the status quo of what's seen as normal. No one ever says when you lose a job, oh, you lost your job, better go start a business. Yeah, yes, so true. assume you'll go and get another job, which is the same with business. One business doesn't work, you go start another. Yes, exactly. There's less acceptance around that, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And, And I think we are all kind of like led by, or if not led by, influenced by other people and what other people think of us. And you talk about trust a lot, and being able to trust yourself. And I think that's quite difficult at the beginning because, well, let's face it, whenever you're doing any kind of business, you don't know if if you're doing everything right. Like, yeah, you know, we all have kind of just like winging it at the beginning. Like, am I doing things right? We can't all afford like coaches and programs at the beginning. And so you're just doing it and hoping, aren't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. You're kind of dipping your toe in the water, figuring out how you are in response to everything that's gone on, figuring out like how resilient you feel in the face of all of that, gaining your confidence and maybe losing your confidence a lot as well. And it's, yeah, it's hard to trust yourself when you're kind of, you are when you are evolving and sort of dipping your toe into things and trying to figure stuff out because it almost feels like a failing to have not figured it all out straight away.
0: Yeah, that that's because of how the how social media makes us feel. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. So where do you think courage comes into things? Because, you know, you you teach courage and, and you talk about how we all have we do have courage and sometimes we need to find it. It's there, but we need to find it. You need courage, especially at the beginning of having a business, but I actually believe you need courage all the way. And sometimes things can get harder the more successful you are. And that courage needs to be there then. How do people find their own courage? How do they learn to trust themselves?
1: I think in some ways at the beginning, it's sort of easier because you don't know what mistakes you're making. That like, you're you're just going into it blind and so you're a bit more experimental. You're a bit more kind of like, oh, just try it this way. And so you're kind of automatically having courage, but when you kind of get knockbacks and when things don't work, then you can kind of very quickly think, oh, well, it's to do with you know me not being good enough or, or kind of take it on board as a personal thing. And then courage becomes harder because you're stuck in that idea of who you are in response to what's happened around you. And then I think you have to kind of be uh, quite strategic about courage like you have to create opportunities for you to actually even just take small steps towards what you're fearing and for a long period of time I stopped doing that and that's when things really stagnated and I think that's the problem is that if you're not creating opportunities for you to take courageous steps then things stagnate and even if that's like you don't know how that's going to pay off you don't know if if it's going to pay off you just know that it's something you're a bit scared of, but you want to do, then take action in direction of the thing that scares you, but you want.
0: Yeah, because you don't have to do it all at once. Like, so one of the things that really scared me and um, anybody listening will have no surprise about this is that standing on stages terrifies me. Like all good with a camera in my face, give me a million people, I'm very comfortable. On, in real life, on a stage, I feel less confident about that. But I knew that I was going to have to eventually do it one day. But I didn't immediately go and stand on a stage in front of a 1,000 people. Yeah. I looked on Eventbrite and went to my local networking things and asked if I could do it to 10 people. <laughs> and, yeah. to that and then got bigger and bigger. Because I always think if you just take that one step in the right direction of it, eventually you're going to be there and you're going to look behind you and see how many steps you've taken. Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: And my first time, like doing it on a, on a stage was an absolute disaster, but I love it because I'd kind of, I love myself for it because I'd kind of gone, right, I want to do some more speaking stuff. So I did exactly the same as you. I went on Eventbrite and I saw that um, a friend of mine who I'd known from years ago was running something down in Bournemouth and, uh, and I was living in Bedfordshire. So I was like, okay, well, I'll ask him if I can go and speak. And he was like, yeah, okay, come on then. I was like, great, okay. So I spent like the last of my money that I had that month booking a hotel and like booking the train down and like doing all the things that I need to do. And I was like, oh, a bit of a risk. But I went down there and I had to go on stage and it was one of those, um, it's, it's like called a Pekka, it's like a or something like that. It's like, <laughs> a, it's, you've got two minutes or something like that for, for the whole thing or three minutes, something. So I planned this talk, and I was wearing really, really high heels. And as I went up to the stage, I tripped over my oh, heel, yeah.
0: went boom, flat on my face in front of everybody. And I was like, oh. I always think people love you more when you do that. They can react yeah. to it. They they want you to do well. No one looks at a stage going, I hope this person doesn't do well. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: And thank God, because I could have had two reactions at that point, which I either would have burst into. Tears, which I could have done easily at that point, or laughed. And I just laughed, took my heels off, made a joke out of it, did the talk, and ended up getting a client off the back of it and also getting a big contract off the back of it as well. So it was
0: well worth making a fool of myself and having my fears come true and still doing it anyway. And I think once your fears do come true with anything, you're never scared of it again, because you've faced, like uh, one of my biggest fears was being like bullied online. And luckily for me, it happened in the first four months of my business. So from then on, I was never scared again because the worst had happened. I think sometimes that's all it takes because you can be so fearful of putting yourself out there because of certain things. But actually once it happens, there's always a way to deal with it, isn't there? It doesn't have to break you. Yeah. So you, you spent time, trying different things, finding the courage that you had to trust yourself and take risks. And I, and I heard you say take risks. And I think it's one of the biggest things we need to do as entrepreneurs is A, have patience, B, take risks. Because if you take risks, they won't always work out. But actually nothing amazing will happen if you never take a risk. Like that's when the amazing things happen. And you, you carried on and you continued and you didn't give up. And now you're a successful business owner. Tell us a bit about what you do now.
1: A lot of the people that I work with now are founders themselves. So um, they tend to be founders of tech companies and I work with them on their leadership. So I tend to work with them on things like self-sabotage, confidence stuff, working through imposter syndrome, those kind of things. So um, that's like the one core of it. And then I work in corporate as well. So I go in and do a lot of training in corporate around kind of mindset-y stuff
0: and psychology stuff and mental health stuff. Cool. And with your corporate stuff, so I, at the moment, I talk a lot about corporate because um, I believe that as online business owners, we need to take more from what corporate have already taught us, like strategy, and put it into our online businesses to be successful. When you work with these founders, these leaders, and you work with corporates, when you look at the mindset side of things, Are they very different or is it the same issues that you see? Oh, a bit of both,
1: I would say. A bit of both. I think on an individual level, then there's lots of similarities because um, I I notice across the board with leaders that there is still like a big kind of, I would say under the bracket of imposter syndrome stuff, which is all, again, like the trust and the self-confidence. It's always like, am I good enough? And am I going to let people down? And, and can I do this? Those kind of things. They come up again and again and again. But then across, like, if you're looking at them as businesses, then across kind of founders um, in their startups, they tend to be a lot more kind of creative and innovative and entrepreneurial. And everybody comes to that space And finds their own place and it's really you know they can move across to different sectors and they can really like have a great journey within a startup if they don't really know what they want to do and they can explore loads of stuff whereas in the corporate world it's kind of like well this is your role and and that's it this is just you're a cog yeah Yeah. Yeah, absolutely so the corporate side of things tends to be a lot more um I was going to say boring and that sounds really bad but I don't mean boring. That's just how I look at it because I'm just not uh, not in that world. Um, but it tends to be a lot more strategic and kind of like we need to uh, understand how we can help people with mental health. So right, I, see. I think specific around mental health or they know specifically what they want. Whereas within the founder and the startup world, it's a lot more kind of like. We don't really know what we need can you come in and kind of figure
0: out what we need and then create something in response to that so i, I think, felt yeah I, I think that's really true and i i definitely think when from my time in corporate helping employees for instance with their mental health was a box ticking yeah. exercise whereas from my knowledge of now being in like entrepreneurial startup businesses They want to do that because they know it will help everybody, including themselves and the productivity. Um, It's not at all a box ticking exercise. It's so different how people perceive it from one place to another. And I guess that's just the culture of the places that we work in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say box ticking exercise, but it was on the top. I will. I'll just say it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so true. It's so true. And they'll book, you know, if I go into corporate, sometimes they'll just kind of book like a half day where people can come in and speak to me for an hour, 40 minutes, whatever they've booked, um, and have a session with me. And they don't really care if people turn up or not. They just need to have provided that service. So for me, I find it quite frustrating because it's like, okay, well, you know, you've, you've paid for a half a day or a full day, and I've had two people turn up.
0: Yeah, whereas you know how many people you can help if they actually championed it and, and made yes. people realise how important it was.
1: Yeah, and you do that in a startup and everyone turns up and they can't wait and they're really invested and then they want to, you know, they want to follow that through and they they go on to have individual sessions and it's it's, it's so different. So
0: different. Yeah, I can imagine. What do you think, when it comes to courage and patience and trusting yourself, what do you wish people knew? That
1: courage is not something you wait for it's something that you create and go out and do you get it's a bit like the confidence myth like you don't you don't wait for the confidence and then go
0: and do the thing you do the thing and that gives you the confidence it's the other way around i can so- attest to that because i was not a very confident person until my 30s um and i was waiting to become a confident person as if some people are confident and some people aren't and it's like a personality trait instead of a learned behavior <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. It took me a long time to figure that out as well. Um, and when I did figure it out, I was like, oh, okay. Now I can. And now I know what to do. Because although I don't necessarily want to do it, like it's scary to do it, I know that it's going to have a positive outcome. Even if I fall on flat on my face like I did, it's going to have a positive outcome because I've just it shows that I can trust myself to
0: go and do stuff and mess up and still be okay. And actually, if you want anything, I always think this. If you continue doing the same thing as you've always done, you're always gonna get the same. If you want something to change in your life, in any part of your life, it's going to take some action. Now, that action might be scary. It might not be something you can do all at once, but you are gonna have to do an action of some kind for something to change even if it's wrong, even if it's the wrong action, even if it fails, it's still an action. So it's taking you forward. Failure brings you forward. And people never realize that. Every time you fail, it's brought you one step forward to where you're supposed to be. And you only see this when you look back. Yes. And you see each of the things, like if I look back and see each of the things I failed at, That is exactly why I am where I am now. Because I learned something from each of those things. I had to go through those things to get to where I am now. But if I didn't even start to go through those things, I couldn't have got any further than where I was then. So if you're scared, if you're sitting at home and you are like, okay, there is things I want to do, you know, there are things that I want to become and there are things I want to do, but I don't have the courage to do it. What one step can you take today that is in the right direction? What one small action can you do that will get you there? Yeah.
1: And I always think it's good for people to kind of come at it sideways. So like if they're really worried about it, then do, do an action over here that will prove that you can do it over here. So do it in a safe place. Like, you know, I, I always say to people, uh, do like a, a silly thing, like kind of go into a shop and ask for something that you know that they don't have, like, or, you know, ask someone if you can sit next to them. What it, it's some small step that just feels courageous to you and faces a fear that you have, but do it over here. So that it doesn't affect something that feels more important. And then when you've done it over here, you can kind of map that thinking across and go, well, I already did it here. So let's try it in the thing that really matters. Yeah. Start somewhere different.
0: The place where I see that happen a lot is when people start wanting to be visible online. So Mm -hmm. they know they need to do lives, but they're terrified of doing a live. And I was, and everyone is when they first start. And so I always tell them, create a group that just has you in. Yeah. the else, just as you, go live in that group for a week yeah. and you will get so used to it that then you will be brave enough to go and do it in front of everybody or wherever you want to, to go live in a group with lots of people in, but just allow it to be you for a while, to get used to things. There's no rush. And I suppose the last thing really that I really want to make a point here and I know you'll agree with me is there is no race when it comes to being an entrepreneur what are we rushing towards why are we thinking we have to get there now like Mm -hmm. we can be a success after a period of time yeah 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 and
1: I think you know there's so many there's a lot of pressures on everybody right especially like financial pressures and you feel like if you've gone into something that you kind of have to make it work and make it work well and make it work quickly because otherwise it's not worth it and you haven't kind of proven it to yourself or people around you so that you want to invest more time in it so I think we kind of go into a bit of a panic mode with things and we think you know if it's not working right now then it's never going to work and so we chop and change and, and try and figure out other things. And and we end up creating nothing because we're trying to be in, you know, do lots of things and dip our toe in, which is what I did for a really long time. Like just dip your toe in here. Oh, no, we're not working. Let's try over here. Oh, no, not working. And it was only when I was kind of able to step back and go, right. It doesn't matter if you have to go and get a job. It doesn't matter if you have to like, just do other stuff, but you have to just commit to a route and it doesn't matter if that evolves and changes but you have to just commit to a pathway and keep going on it because otherwise you're going to continue in this cycle
0: of just not really achieving anything particularly and we see that we see that all the time we see people pivot and change and try a different thing try different things, when actually if they just continued with the same strategy for a longer period of time it would work it's just that they don't give themselves that consistency and that time to make it happen
1: yeah, and sometimes they don't have the circumstances to do it as well, right? It just yeah. feels like, you know, if I don't make it work in six months, then I'm done because I've run out of money or I've run out of time or whatever it is. So I do think it's hard for people to, to commit to like a longer term strategy when they know that there's an urgent need to kind of provide or do stuff, which is why I think also having an income alongside trying to start something is always like a safer bet, even, you know, it's not the one that I did, <laughs> but I think that,
0: it calms the mind enough definitely I did that I didn't leave my job until I was already making you know four times as much as I'd been making in that job because that safety net it just means that you will take bigger risks in the in the business and that's what it's all about is taking those risks yeah Amazing. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for giving us your wealth of knowledge on courage. If people want to come and find out how they can become more courageous, how they can get their mindset in the right place to take the risk that they need to take, where is the best place for them to come to? Uh, Probably my website. So that's novacobbin.com. William, We'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here today. And thank you guys all for listening um, week after week. It's We've just gone over, there will probably be more than this by the time you hear this, we've just been told we've gone over 300,000 downloads in 216 countries, which is amazing. Um, I'm so happy that you all listen and you all tell me how you feel about it. Please do continue to tell me if You know, you listen to one of these episodes and it gives you some kind of light bulb moment or some nugget that you really needed to hear. It really makes me um, know what you need to hear about. I will be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online and I will see you then. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you Making Money Online.